This time on the Rule Right Radio podcast with New York Mike. Just seeing what Putin is doing to these people is all I need to be against him. Totally. A hundred percent. You know, bring him up as a war criminal, put him on trial, throw him in jail, hang him, whatever you got to do. And if the Ukraines were the most horrible state in the world, their courage, their love of country and family and each other, their leaders, Zelensky on down, are enough to make me a fan of Ukraine. I'm sure adjustments will be made when everything sorts itself out. But the new world order is falling into place. And the big question is where will America be when it's settled? And how will that change as we change? The U.S. is guaranteed to change with each election, every two and four years. It's part of our problem and part of our charm. You know, up for and by the people has its drawbacks. It does. It's got its quirks at the very least. No, it's not all bad. I mean, it's great, but there's a price to pay. Consistency is a quality that has a measurable benefit and underestimated benefit, in my opinion. Trousers and motorcycle boots And a black leather jacket with his name on the back He does a patriotic podcast called Roll Right Radio His name is New York Mike And welcome to the show This is Roll Right Radio I'm New York Mike It's Roll Right Radio I'm New York Mike And I'm back Yes sir, back in good old California Oh my god, what a trip First thing I want to say is, this place is great. California's out of control. Okay, so let me just tell you the whole deal. I got to Pacific Beach, Florida Monday. I went out to Daytona. Bike Week was fabulous. I did the last podcast. I'm still excited about it. So packed, crowded, unbelievable. It was wonderful. This California thing, I'm coming back. I keep on saying it because it's like coming across... Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Texas, Louisiana, New Mexico, Arizona. You're getting gas at a high price. There's no question about it. I mean, it's culture shock. I did this trip a couple of months ago, and it was like uh, three bucks a gallon was high. A year ago, last October, October, November, Petrina and I did this trip, and it was... In the twos, two fifty, two forty-five a gallon. I think when I went across to January sixth, it was in the twos, below threes for most of the. Anyway, and as I'm coming across the states, going through Fort Worth and Pecos, Texas, and Van Horn, and all these places, El Paso, it's it's like four bucks, and then you hear the radio, four dollars. It's where your gas prices are going up. It's Four dollars and seventeen cents and twenty-seven cents. It's like wow. You know, I'm stopping at Loves and different places like that. And four dollars. I'm seeing four dollar gas. Four dollars and ten cents. You know, different things. I cross. I didn't even realize it, but I cross into California. I'm on the ten. 
I go through Arizona, go through Phoenix. I went up to Prescott, Arizona, by the way. I'll talk about that some other time. Prescott is a cool place. And then coming down from Prescott, you try to get on the 10, but you go through Arizona, and I didn't even think about it. As I'm coming through from Arizona, Quartzsite and all this stuff, Parker and Lake Havasu, da-da-da. And next thing you know, you're sliding into Palm Springs. And I, I look down and I go, oh, my God, gas is getting low. All right. I said, I'll go a little bit further. Because in Palm Springs, I could pull over. It was getting late. It was like 6, 6.30 last night. And I wanted to get something to eat. So I figured out probably I'd get to a decent restaurant and blah, blah, blah. So I pull over around Morongo of the gas. Why? Because traffic. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing about California. Yeah, I could travel throughout the entire country. And you know once in a while you get a little backed up. You get to California, it's traffic. For crying out loud. Backed up. 20, 30 miles, 40 miles of bad road. That's just what it is. So I pull over and I look at the pump. $5.79. It's a gallon. Now, wait a minute. Okay. $4.20, That's pretty bad. $5.10. I go, oh, I'm not getting gas here. <laughs> I'm going to wait. So I grab a bite to eat and get back on the road. Figured, okay, I'm going to be a little prudent here. <laughs> I'm going to find something. $4.50, $4.60. I get the Riverside. I stop at another one. $5.99 in Riverside. And I realize, oh, my God, it's California. It's irrational. It's absolutely irrational how you go from the fours till to the California crazy, ridiculous numbers. But there we go. Anyway, I was talking about getting to Panama City Beach, Florida, because that's where I went Monday. So I got to Daytona Friday. Spent Friday, Saturday, Sunday, talked about all that Monday night. You know, Daytona was a blur. It was a fabulous blur, but it was a blur. And, of course, I can't not talk about wild prices in California without talking about the price of hotel rooms in Daytona. It really was off the charts. I got to say that. I know I've said it before. So my goal was Panama City Beach, Florida. And I got there late Monday night. So the next day, I went up to Fort Walton Beach for a day. It's like a day trip. Fort Walton Beach is about 50, 55 miles north of Panama City Beach. And if anybody knows anybody might have been stationed there, it's really a fantastic place. If you're in the military, Eglin Air Force Base, Herbert Field, I mean, you know, no matter where you are, you... You're going to go down there for some training if you're any kind of special operations force. It was a great place back in the day. And it was like a special place. I never would have thought of coming back and living in those places. I don't know why. It just never occurred to me. I never had the need to think of it. California, after all, when I came here in the 80s, it was all about California dreaming. The great weather, no helmet laws, a wonderful place to live. All that changed in a heartbeat, didn't it? Yep. So I go back down to Fort Walton Beach and I look around and 
there's a certain stability about that place. And it's a fabulous place, but there's a certain thing about it. You know, of course, for me, it's like a lot of nostalgia, but it's also just American flags everywhere. You just feel the patriotism, but that's the whole panhandle. That's why I guess back in my day it was the panhandle. And and I never thought of it as a redneck Riviera. But now it's the redneck Riviera because, you know, rednecks like me, and I'm a Brooklyn redneck, we're looking for to a go-to place. That's the place. And I hate to say it because I don't want to get hundreds of thousands of people all riled up and go, let's go to the redneck Riviera. It sounds great. It really is. So it's a great name for a great place. It's totally appropriate, okay? From Pensacola to Fort Walton, Destin, which is beautiful, down to, you know, Panama City Beach. To me, it's all sweet home Alabama. White sands, clear water. It's spring break, eight months a year. That's the way it is. I just hope that these kids have memories later in life that make it all worthwhile, because I sure do. And by the way, they have two Thunder on the Beach bike events, one in March, one in October, and I've never been to them. I keep going back to Daytona, but I hear they're fabulous. Panama City Beach, full of bars, clubs, hotels, tons of like short-term rental units. The partying never ends. My favorite bar is the Alibi, and it's not just my favorite in Panama City Beach. It's my favorite bar anywhere. So I can't help but tell you about the Alibi. It's just a really cool place. That's, that's all I can say. So my friend Boomer is always offering to let me stay at this beach house here. And I finally took him up on it. Boomer was a Navy diver. He's over 300 pounds of, he's totally solid. And he's always doing something, fishing, diving, riding his motorcycles, fixing things, whatever. And because he was out of town and made sure his friends took care of me, I can't even begin to tell you. I can go on for hours about these guys. Johnny, Paul, Juan, you guys are the best. I can't wait to get back. Another dude who was amazing is the chief who happens to own my favorite bar, the Alibi. Now, the chief is a 30-year retired Air Force combat controller, CCT, and that makes him awesome right there. He's also a hell of a patriot. But, of course, if you've ever visited his cool-as-rock-and-roll bar, you'd know that. I also had a great time with my friend Marshall, Vernon Stogie's at Luke Bryan's cigar bar, The Short Thing. Four intense hours, I got to tell you. Marshall, got to do it again. And I'm really hoping to get Marshall on the Roll Right Radio with me. Lots of the people I know in Pacific Beach, not all, are former military. Many retired. And you could bet that patriotic thing is always on display. Flags are flying everywhere. American flags, P-O-W-M-I-A flags, and so are opinions. Yep, although most are closely aligned. In so many ways, we're closely aligned when we think of America as the greatest country on planet Earth, with all its flaws. And I think I can safely say, we know a lot of its flaws, guys. We talk about it. I think guys who have spent time, especially spent time in the military, got a real understanding of the flaws in this country. It's still 
the greatest country on God's green earth. No question about it. Yeah, but there is a totally common thread of country-first patriotism, but it takes many forms. Understanding how inept and how inefficient government is is not lost on most who serve. It's really not. Even more so than the small business owners, the victims of all this, not all, but most of the government overreach. Smaller, less powerful, constitutional government is what most of us want. Not a fascist dictatorship, authoritative government. We don't want authoritative, as most would vote Republican. That's how I feel when I'm in this kind of an environment. I'm not quite as sure of that when I'm in that business environment. It's funny because, like I said, this authoritative government's got regulations and rules and they stymie you at every turn. Forget about high taxes. Well, you can't forget about high taxes. It's important. But it's all the other things that really take its toll. And you would think that a room full of businessmen wouldn't be just 60% Republican. It would be 85%. That's how I feel about it when I'm in my military element. But it is what it is, and I really can't figure it out. There are differing opinions on foreign policy, of course. But most who've been to war know the horror and futility of war. Futility. And know how important it is to avoid war at any cost. Avoiding it at any cost. It isn't cheap. When you say any cost, it's the cost of a strong defense, a defense budget that reflects what peace through strength means. And it, when I say futility of war and knowing how important it is, super, we understand it. Sometimes it's futile, but then again, in school, the teachers, no matter what I said, no, he started, he punched me for, he pushed me. Blah, 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 blah. They always came back with, it takes two to fight. It takes two to have a fight. Well, you know, it doesn't. It takes one guy punching you and the other guy just standing there. And that can happen. I think that's what Putin expected and the rest of the world, too, when he went into Ukraine. I think he just said, I'm going to just go in there and beat the daylights out of these guys. Well, that's still a fight. But when you fight back, that's where the truth is. That's where the rubber meets the road. When somebody throws that first punch, when someone fights back, that's where it's at. It just takes that one guy to throw that punch. You call him a bully, call him anything you want. So in this case, with Russia, it's kind of interesting. You say Russia, we say Putin, but it's going to be on Russia, isn't it? History is going to show that, yeah, led by Putin, but it's Russia that invaded the Ukraine and created this massacre. You know, we don't say Germany. We say Nazis. We say Hitler, but we say Nazis. When you say Putin and Russia, it's just Putin and Russia. And this is horrendous. But if the Ukraine didn't fight back, if they didn't put up this amazing battle, if they didn't have a leader like Zelensky, what would have happened? That Russia would have rolled over Ukraine, just 
you know, like they rolled over the Crimea, like they rolled over Georgia, and you wouldn't hear anything else. But the Ukrainians, they stood up for themselves. The people, the leadership. I know that war is futile, but you've got to be ready to fight it. And I don't think that Putin and the rest of the world came close to understanding how ready to fight the people of the Ukraine were, are amazingly underestimated. But there are different opinions on foreign policy. But again, most of us who've been to war know the horrors. But we also understand what happens when a country gets us run over. Look at South Vietnam. We abandoned South Vietnam. North took it over. South Vietnamese, it's a slave nation. It's just dominated, totally dominated. So is the cost of being prepared to avoid war, is the cost worth it? A strong defense, a defense budget, peace through strength. But on the other side, there's always... Who's right and who's wrong? You know, there's, there's that battle. Clearly, Russia is wrong. What they're doing is wrong. Putin's a monster, right? Not to everyone. Have you heard the other side? It's the one that says Zelensky is a crook. He's got a $38 million home in someplace like Sunnyville, Florida. That Putin only wants a non-aggression agreement. That's all he wants. A non-aggressive agreement with Ukraine and a non-NATO. That's it. Now, look, there's a lot more. But when I was talking to people on that side, and I searched long and hard. I talked in a few podcasts back. I talked about the fact I can't find information about the Russian side. I can only get one side. The media hasn't given me the other side. And the media still hasn't given me the other side. But I sought out people I knew till I found people who, and I'm not going to go into how I did it, but I did it. I know people with strong Russian connections, and I wanted to know their thoughts and their feelings. And I found out. I'm not saying that this non-aggression agreement with Ukraine and the non-NATO agreement, that's it. There's more. There's lots more. And I heard it clear as a bell, and I'm trying to get that perspective on Roll Right Radio, so everybody can hear it along with me. To be clear, I wouldn't know if these guys were 100% right or not. I, I really don't. Just seeing what Putin is doing to these people is all I need to be against him. Totally. 100%. You know, bring him up as a war criminal, put him on trial, throw him in jail, hang them, whatever you got to do. And if the Ukraines were the most horrible state in the world, their courage, their love of country and family and each other, their leaders, Zelensky on down, are enough to make me a fan of Ukraine. I mean, I'm sure adjustments will be made when everything sorts itself out, which may be a year or more. I don't know. But the new world order is falling into place. 
And the big question is where will America be when it's settled? And how will that change as we change? The U.S. is guaranteed to change with each election, every two and four years. It's part of our problem and part of our charm. You know, up for and by the people has its drawbacks. It does. It's got its quirks at the very least. No, it's not all bad. I mean, it's great, but there's a price to pay. Consistency is a quality that has a measurable benefit, an underestimated benefit, in my opinion. And you may think that the frequent turnover means that we're inconsistent, which is somewhat true. But there is a constant that we seem to ignore that may be because we've had such dramatic swings in our presidential elections, and especially that last one going from Trump to Biden in just four years is culture shock. But there are three branches on this tree, presidential, judicial, congressional, and no one dominates unless it has all, and that's unusual. So even with Congress and the presidential Democrat, all Democrats, the House, the Senate, and the White House, the judicial is independent. It's independent and leaning to the right. It doesn't make it right. You know, it's not conservative, quote unquote. It leans that way. So the electorate is showing lots of buyer's remorse right now. And between having an independent kind of the judicial the Supreme Court and an electorate where you have 85 million totally insulted Trump voters, and we've been, you know, insulted and stepped on. But you have a lot of buyer's remorse from those people that didn't vote for Trump. I'm not saying they voted for Biden, but then anyway, who knows where we'd be, by the way, if Trump was president now. And also, who knows? Where we are now, Putin seems to have made a major miscalculation, not in the United States and in Biden, but in the Ukraine and Zelensky. It's funny, but when I say there's a consistency in America, yes, the president changes the House, the Senate, and yet we keep moving forward. There is a consistency in America of this American thing. We are consistent. That's why the government, it, it is a government of, for, and by the people. It really is. It's the people of America. The people. De Democrat, Republican, there's something about the people of America that has a consistent thread. You can just count on us. There's going to be another election. There's going to be campaigns. There's going to be politicians. And, you know, we're going to take some serious, some of them we're going to curse out. We're going to do what we, but you know what? It's all about the people. Look at the people of Ukraine. Do you think they're any different? Do you think every one of them voted for the same people? Do you think everyone was behind Zelensky? Come on. How many people? No. But when you look at them from where we are, you just see one united people, don't you? Well, I think that's how the world sees us. And I think it's appropriate.
So, yeah, we disagree politically. I don't want to be called a racist. We're going to fight amongst ourselves over this, that, or the other thing. At the end of the day, the ones who are American are proud to be American. I know there's people out there, they're ashamed of America, they say that. The reality is, I think deep down, we all love this country. And there's always exceptions, I get it. But now, what's coming up now seems to me that there's an off-ramp for Putin if he's able to find it. Without America's help, because Biden is helpless, okay? He's going to find that off-ramp. So without our help, Zelensky brought the world a reprieve. That's what I think, okay? At great cost to his people. Let's see if this can keep up. If it does, I mean, it's been three weeks. It was supposed to be less than three days, 72 hours. It's been three weeks. If they could keep this up, if it does, it'll be because Ukraine didn't give an inch and it convinced a reluctant NATO and the United States to keep backing it just short of a no-fly zone and Polish MiGs, which, by the way, the Polish MiGs part may still be on their way. The no-fly zone, I don't know why we're allowing Putin to call that shot. What he's doing to those people, for us to put up a no-fly zone, yeah, maybe a MiGA gets shot down. So then Putin's got the pressure. What's he going to do, take on the world? Who's he lying with? I'm sorry, but I don't think that Mr. Xi of China bargained for this kind of bad press. Maybe Putin doesn't care. Most normal people do. They don't want their legacy to be what Putin is doing to the people of Ukraine. This is like inhuman, insane. When you look at Xi and you look at China, I mean, I'm not saying anything is good, but they're looking to trade with the world. They want more business. They want movie industry. They want the NBA. They want to deal with us. They don't want to be the pariah that Biden Putin is. That was a slip, huh? Yeah, well, okay. So I don't think that she is going to back the way Putin it needs to be backed right now. And so if we protected the skies above the Ukraine, I don't think that he can get his nuclear people ready. And he could be desperate. And he could be a lot of things. But I don't think he's stupid. And I think he already knows that he let his emotions get ahead of him and underestimated the people of Ukraine. Overestimated his own military. They've been shown to be a lot less than the Russian military. And you hear that. You've heard it from me, hear it from all over. We expected these 10 feet tall Russian soldiers, invincible with all this modern equipment. They don't even have night goggles. So, you know, call is bluff. All right, we didn't do it. We're not likely to do it. But I still think that the Ukrainians could still get a hold of those MiGs. I know those MiGs were being offered by Poland. I think now there's other NATO countries that are talking about giving, um, well, sure. <laughs> Why not? They give these old beat-up MiGs to the Ukrainians, and the Americans are going to give them much more relevant F-15s and 16s. 
Yeah, we're gonna backfill. <laughs> we're gonna backfill the Air Force of the world. I don't know. Look, okay. It's the, like I said, the price of peace is you got to share the strength. It's just funny sometimes when I, I look at it and I go, we really do support the whole world. We have in the past. And are we still going to? They're looking to us. And I think that when we talk about trade and freedom and all that stuff, China's got a way. Are they going to fly in our face and back Putin and then not trade with us? I think the good part about the sanctions is, yes, Joe Biden was a day late and a dollar short. He was six months late. And I don't know about a dollar short. He should have cut off the entire banking system from Russia. And he didn't. He tiptoed into things. And he was a day late and a dollar short. But he still put in sanctions. And the pressure now is, if it came around again, I don't think he'd be able to stall it. As long. What's wrong with this guy? It's been said that in his 40-something years in Congress, he never made a good decision when it came to foreign affairs. I don't think he's made too many good decisions about anything. The guy is a complete zero, for crying out loud. It's pretty clear and pretty obvious now that when you look, and I shouldn't be laughing because people are paying the price with their lives in the Ukraine. And now we've seen two American reporters, one was killed, and two more were injured. It's not a joking matter. I shouldn't be pulling a, a Kamala Harris out here and giggling about stuff. Not about this serious stuff anyway. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, yeah, we've accomplished a lot, if you think about it. And we're really relying on Zelensky to make his deal with Putin and make a good deal for the Ukrainian people. He is not going to capitulate. He's going to allow Putin to save face. I believe that. Given that off-ramp that people keep on talking about, he has to have it. But he's bogged down. He's wrong. Maybe he's not losing, but he's losing. Not winning in three days, in a week, in some reasonable period of time, for the biggest and baddest military on the planet except for America and China, of course. But still, it's so much more of a military than the Ukraine, and he's not getting it done. And the Ukraine is not getting the help it needed, and it might just, because he's, he's inspiring Zelensky and his people with their courage, with their guts, with their, their commitment to themselves, to their country, to each other. And by the way, don't sell short those people from America and around the world, those retired military and civilians who are traveling to the Ukraine, to Poland, to help out. The, the inspiration is huge. And I really think that Zelensky is going to be able to accomplish a compromise that works for the people of Ukraine. They might even get some reparations. You just don't know that you put together the courage of this guy Zelensky with whatever has caused Putin to make this huge mistake. 
and to try to save face and save his relationship with Xi and China. But at the same time, I think Xi has looked at what we've done by pulling together all these people. And I don't want to say that no credit goes to Biden. Some credit goes to Biden, but not nearly the kind of credit that his Democrat party is trying to give him. It's not him who has inspired NATO to stay together. It's Zelensky. And any credit he takes anything away from Zelensky, it just adds to Biden's crooked way of thinking. I'm sorry. I don't like and certainly don't respect the man. We're going to see. This is happening in real time right before us. Can Putin swallow enough pride to make this happen? Or will the U.S. and NATO grow a pair of balls? Yeah, grow a pair of balls. Well, not Zelensky size, but not tiny Biden balls. <laughs> you know, real balls spelled with a Z. That's right. Because from now on, when we talk about balls and guts, it's going to be B-A-L-L-Z, not S. Because Zelensky, man... That guy's something else. It's okay. The U.S. is never out of the game. I don't care who's the president. I don't care. Like I said, we have elections every two years. Every four years, we have a presidential election. Things are changing. But there is a certain consistency about America. The world knows Biden is just an aberration. November's around the corner. Only... The climate change nut jobs just keep saying the world's coming to an end. Okay? They're so scared. This consistency is our belief in the United States of America, our constitution, our founding principles. That's our consistency. And no, the world is not coming to an end. It's not. We're going to keep on going. Plan for the future. Plan for tomorrow. You know, my grandmother used to say it all the time, and I've said it before in this show, live like there's no tomorrow and study like the world will never end. Just remember that. Every day, do what you're going to do. Study, plan, create your art, build your family, do the things you Every day, day after day after day, okay? Enjoy it. Have fun. Party like there's no tomorrow. Enjoy the minute. Enjoy the moment. Do what you need. And just take what you have and love it. And at the same time, just keep on building step by step. Don't be afraid the world's going to end. Don't be afraid the climate's going to climate's going to change. The politics are going to change. The House of Representatives are going to change. The Senate's going to change. The President's going to It's all going to change. So what? We, the American people, are going to stay the same, consistent, freedom-loving people. And that's the secret of success, the consistency of who we are. Forget about the government. The government was made to change right from the beginning. The genius of the founding fathers genius in that they coupled democracy with this incredible economic system of free markets. Free markets. What a great concept. Who ever thought of it before? But there it is, and here it is, and it's going to keep going. So we're going to be fine. We're rooting for the people of the Ukraine. We might even push 
this tepid government of ours, this Biden-Harris presidency, if you want to call it that, into backing the Ukraine a lot more. Because the more that Putin is on his heels, the more courage Biden's going to get. Yeah, you're going to see it. All right. Hey, I'm going to end this soon. I just got home last night. Going to spend some time with my lovely bride, Petrina, and our puppies. And I'm going to relax a little bit. It's great to be back. I know it's California. and There's plenty to bitch about. But as long as this is home, I'm going to enjoy it. How's that? I'm New York Mike. This is Roll Right Radio. Roll and right. We'll be right back in a couple of days. I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Roll Right Radio podcast. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.